Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Hi everyone and welcome to the February 2018 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from Sydney, Australia. My name is Damien Marucci. I'm here with Dr. James Doherty, uh, one of the accredited registrars. So James, the first paper which we looked at was clinical and quantitative isokinetic comparison of abdominal morbidity and dynamics following DEP versus muscle sparing free tramflap breast reconstruction. This is by uh, Hirokazu et al um, from Japan and it was um, published in the December 2017 PRS. So what was this paper about? So the basic issue here is that long-standing pain, stiffness, abdominal bulging, and weakness of trunk flexion are non-negligible post-operative problems following flap elevation for breast reconstruction. In this paper, they're making comparison between muscle-sparing free tram flaps and a DEP flap. Now this is a prospective clinical trial, it was not randomised and the patients were consecutive patients between 2007 to 2016 who were undergoing breast reconstruction at the above uh, facility. They had 42 patients who had a single pedicle DEP flap and 36 who had a muscle sparing free tram. Their exclusion criteria were any flap with a double pedicle, any patient with underlying disease which could compromise donor site healing and in their patient population they actually had no active smokers. Now the surgical technique here was that the dominant perforators were identified with a pre-op CT angiography and then intraoperative isolated, intraoperatively isolated. Uh, then the anterior rectus sheath was incised and the dominant perforators were dissected from the periphery to the center. At this point, intraoperatively, the choice of a DEP versus a muscle sparing tram was made. And this was based on the intraoperative and anatomical findings of the course of the perforators. But the preference was made for a DEP. So if you could do a DEP, he'd do a DEP. But if he wasn't happy to do a DEP, he'd do a muscle sparing tram was the impression I got from, yeah, the, exactly. from the paper. Yeah. Now, care was always taken to preserve the motor nerve of the rectus abdominis. And interestingly, in this case, in this series, primary repair of the anterior fascia of the rectus muscle was achieved with only 2-O-Vicral. They didn't perform mesh repairs on any of their DEP or muscle sparing tram uh, patients. Now, patients were allowed to stand and walk the day after surgery. The measures that they used, they used the abdominal pain, stiffness and activity after surgery scale, a scale that they've developed in their unit and used previously in their research. And they also measured trunk flexor muscle strength using an isokinetic dynamometer at preoperatively and then at three and six months postoperatively. Statistical analysis was performed uh, with their abdominal pain stiffness and activity after surgery scale being tested with the Mann-Whitney U-test and then changes in trunk flexor muscle function were examined with paired T-tests. The results. There were no significant differences in the patient age, body mass index, timing of reconstruction or rate of vertical scarring of the lower abdomen from previous surgery between the two groups. 
The mean number of perforators in the DF group was 1.71 with a range of 1 to 3, and 76.2% of these perforators were in the medial row. For a muscle sparing tram, there was a mean of 1.89 perforators with a range of 1 to 3, and 58.3% of these were in the medial row. There was, however, no significant difference in the number or the position of the perforators. When looking at the clinical outcome measures, considering patient reported measures of abdominal pain and stiffness immediately post-surgery and at six months, there was no significant differences between the two groups. Considering patient reported activity in daily life, light and hard sports at six months post-surgery, there was no significant difference between the DEP and muscle sparing tram groups. There was also no significant difference between rates of abdominal bulge in each of the groups. And this is remembering that they didn't use mesh to repair. In terms of quantitative isokinetic testing, in the DEP group, at three months, work and power was significantly decreased when measuring at 30 degrees per second angular velocity. But at six months after surgery, all measures at both 30 and 60 degrees per second angular velocities had returned to the preoperative levels without a significant decrease. In the muscle sparing tram flap group, there was a significant de decrease in torque and work at both 30 and 60 degrees per second angular velocity, and this was more than in the DF group at three months. However, at six months postoperatively, all measurements at both angular velocities were restored to the preoperative values as seen in the DF flap group. In conclusion, at six months postoperatively, there was no statistical difference in outcome measures between the muscle sparing tram cohort and the DF cohort. The good things about this paper. This was a prospective trial with pre and post operative measurement showing a return to baseline function in both groups. This is better than previous papers that have looked at only postoperative outcome measures and not measured patients preoperatively. Problems with the study? Well, it's a small study. There was no mention of bilateral breast reconstruction cases. Their entire cohort was unilateral. And it's thought and mentioned in the discussion that the contralateral musculature may be compensating for the surgical insult of the muscle sparing tram or the DF. My take home message is that in breast reconstruction surgery, flap viability should be the first priority. Flap choice can be made intraoperatively without hesitation or concern regarding postoperative abdominal morbidity. Thanks very much for that, James. What um, I got out of this paper was that they found no difference in the abdominal wall function when measured objectively between a muscle sparing tram and a DEP flap. A muscle sparing tram is easier to raise, it's faster to raise the reported rates of fat necrosis are less. And given all that, given all that if it's got the same effect uh, on the abdomen, um, why would you do a DF flap? That is a very good question. This is a good objective study which had clear measurements and good results, which were statistically significant. Yep. What it is missing is data for bilateral cases. Well, that would be very interesting. I assume that the group has also been tracking their bilateral cases. Um, and so hopefully we'll see a paper from them because if it shows a similar thing with bilateral cases, um, then that would give even more credence to 
those who, to be honest, like me, who much rather do a muscle sparing tram um, than a Dieb. Um, but this was a, a very good study and uh, um, very well executed and designed, I thought. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.